We'll finish tonight on the baseball diamond because this is that time of year uh, where regular season records uh, are being challenged. Career records are being set as we head towards the playoffs and the World Series, of course. Um, Albert Pujols of the Cardinals hit his 700th career home run tonight. That is an incredible milestone for Pujols. Only the fourth person to do that after Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, and uh, Barry Bonds. So that was a big achievement tonight. The other one that everyone has been watching is New York slugger Aaron Judge. Now, there are few records as coveted as most home runs in a season. And hitting in tonight, Judge, uh, who wears number 99 for all us uh, Canadians, a number we, we know well, is knocking on history's door. He has 60 already, uh, same as Babe Ruth in 1927, just one behind Roger Maris's Yankees record of 61. Uh, here he is hitting number 60 against Pittsburgh on Tuesday at Yankee Stadium. Three infielders on the left side for Judge, and here's the 3-1. Drill deep to left field. There it goes. Number 60. Slide over, babe. You've got some company. Aaron James Judge has tied George Herman Babe Ruth with 60 home runs. So there he is hitting number 60. Now that's a big deal. Here's where things get interesting, though. Not only is Judge just a few launches away from Yankee history, given the, given the controversy surrounding all the others who hit more than that, more than Maris, which is Sosa McGuire, and the 73 hit by Barry Bonds, which is the record. Uh, Asterisk is beside all of those because of the, uh, you know, the steroid era. Judge may well set the new standard for home runs by a player not tainted by scandal. He's done it all with what can only be called quiet consistency all season. With more on this, I'm joined by baseball historian Bill Humber. He's author of Let's Play Ball, Inside the Perfect Game, and Diamonds of the North, A Concise History of Baseball in Canada. He's also a member of the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, and he joins me now. Uh, Bill Humber, thanks for your time. Great to be with you and to talk about baseball. Yeah, it's always fun at this time of year. I always, you know, I always think of late September and early October as the greatest time to talk about baseball. Um, to, this has been sort of a quiet Yep. record-breaking season or potentially record-breaking season for Aaron Judge. Have you been watching it from the get-go thinking there's something going on here? It's it slowly crept up on me. Like, I think it's crept up on everybody else. And, um, you know, I was reflecting back to 1961 because uh, I was 12 at the time. And there's an old saying in in baseball, what's the, the best baseball season of all time? It's the season when you were 12. And, and that was the year that, of course, uh, Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle were slugging it out, as it were, for uh, for 60 home runs. And, and there's quite a story behind that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I've read about it, obviously. But yes, 12 years old, I think the same applies to hockey as well. What was your best hockey season when you were 12? There's something magical <laughs> about sports at that age. You take it so seriously, but you understand it. Yeah. So, well, I mean, Leafs it, won yeah. the Stanley Cup when I was 12. So, you know, right. those things don't come around too often. <laughs> no, I think the Islanders won the Stanley Cup when I was that age, and I was a Habs <laughs> fan. So <laughs> there you go. Um, but Aaron Judge has had this remarkable year, and he is, I mean, he's doing it by himself. So we don't have the same right. drama as as Mantle and Maris or as yeah. even Sosa and Maguire. Uh, but he, just from an analytics point of view, is having a remarkable year. Oh, un unquestionably. And um, he he's a guy who decided at the start of the season he wouldn't sign a 
a, a contract on the on the understanding that he was going to have such a great season. Um, they're going to have to pay him even more uh, for next year. If he stays in New York, he may go elsewhere. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I mean, he's leading, you know, he's leading candidate for an MVP. And that's just saying something, you know, when you think of Shea Atani, you know, and the kind of season he had last year and continues to have this year do, being able to do both things so well. But uh, Judge is in a, is in a, a category by himself. For my listeners who are not baseball fans, Shohei Otoni is a uh, Japanese ball player, plays with the uh, mm-hmm. California Angels, I guess they're the Anaheim Angels now, and he both pitches and hits, and he's having a monster season both on the mound and at the plate. So, be, but the fact that Judge is is a Yankee, and, mm-hmm. and and you were mentioning it earlier, all that mythology around Babe Ruth sixty, and then Maris hitting sixty one. Uh, there is a bigger part to this story because he wears the pinstripes. Absolutely. No question. I mean, the original 60 home run uh, hitter, of course, in a, in a you know, the, the first Otani, you might say, was Babe Ruth, both a great pitcher and, of course, a, a fabulous hitter and hit 60 home runs in 1927. But it's the 1961 pursuit of those 60 home runs by Marison Mantle, which, uh, the you know, the comedian Billy Crystal is, has memorialized in film and, and others have talked about. But it had a significance that season because Ford Frick, the commissioner of baseball, was reluctant to acknowledge how important or how significant this pursuit was because he had been a he'd been a, a ghost writer. He'd been a number of, you know, had a number of associations with Babe Ruth and didn't want to see the record go. And of course, in 1961, it was a 162 game schedule. And up until then, we it was 154 games. And so Ford Frick ruled that if you don't hit the home run, uh, the 60th home run or 61st for that matter, to break the record within 154 games, we're going to put an asterisk next to your name and kind of diminish the accomplishment. And of course, uh, uh, Maris didn't hit his 61st home run until the last game of the season, game 162. But nobody really took seriously what Frick was saying. So uh, Aaron Judge has hit 60 home runs. Uh, I think, I believe he, he was in the 148th or 49th. I know he hasn't hit one in a couple of games, but he's he's gotten close to, he's he's tied Ruth in his num- in the same number of games, in other words. Absolutely. And, and, you know, he's got about, I think, I think five more, you know, to, to, before, uh, to hit that 61st, you know, within the 154. Not that that should mean as much as, you know, perhaps it did to Ford Frank. But nevertheless, I think it's a significant accomplishment, particularly when you look at the list of guys that are on top right at this point of Aaron Judge. They're all either Roger Maris, who hit his, of course, 61st in the 162nd game, or they're, they're players from the steroid era of over 20 years ago. You know, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, uh, all of their accomplishments uh, have another asterisk, you might say, beside that, besides their names. And, and the very fact that it hasn't, you know, and no one's come near to these totals with perhaps Giancarlo Stanton, Stan, I think, did a couple of years ago. The fact that no one has really come close to kind of challenging those great home run records tells you a little bit about perhaps uh, how valuable steroids t- turned out to be for those guys. And the fact that judges do, and I think we're pretty confident confident he's doing it without the juice or without any other means because you know the the chances to jeopardize your image your career your your future contract i think the the um the downside of that is so enormous that i think we can be pretty confident that he's uh, he's a pretty clean ball player
Yeah, as we saw with Fernando Tatis Jr. this year, with uh, with some some you know the, the impacts oh. of these things can be absolutely devastating on a very good ball player. Aaron Judge is a quiet man, though. I mean, he's he's an incredible I mean, he's an incredible athlete, but he's not a he's not Reggie Jackson. That's for sure. He's no. he's a he's a he's a quiet slugger, and you don't meet many of those. You don't see many of those. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You know, I I I love the line about uh, Jackson. You know that he was the. Uh, He's the mustard on the hot dog, you know, or the the guy that stirs the drink. He he was he he had a number of a wonderful quotes and quite a character in some respects, kind of a bit of a nasty guy in some respects too. Um, but had a, a you know an over the you know over the top uh, personality. Well, Judge doesn't have that. You're absolutely right. He's and I, I guess in some respects those kind of characters, those kind of you know, outrageous, you know, personalities associated with sports, you know, they've diminished significantly. We don't see them, you know, we don't have to just talk about um, baseball. I mean, we can look at all the major sports and these are guys that, you know, are making a lot of money. They take their profession seriously, but in the process, we've lost a a little bit of the character that, you know, say uh, a Babe Ruth was, was renowned for on a whole bunch of levels. Or Bill Lee, who pitched back in Montreal oh. when I was growing up, was another character. Vida Blue, like there was a lot of Doc, Ellis, Doc Ellis. There was a whole bunch of them. Yeah, one of the things I found remarkable though is that given the way baseball has evolved and the analytics behind it, and how much pitchers are saved, you don't see any. They rarely see a pitcher for a third at bat. I mean, it just makes what Judge has done this year seem even more remarkable, considering how much how much st- stats and analytics have come into the game. Well, that's that's really true. I mean, pitchers don't go. The, I mean, they some of them do, but I don't think a Blue Jay pitcher has gone the distance this year. I think I'm I'm correct on that, um, and it's because of that notion that by the time the batter sees a pitcher for the third time, he's better time. His timing is better. He, you know, the pitcher may have lost a little bit of something. Uh, he, he kind of anticipates the pitches he's going to see. And so what we're seeing is pitchers being removed five, six innings into a game. And then a whole batch of, of, of middle relievers and long relievers and whatnot coming into the game. Now, the downside of that that argument is that traditionally in historic terms in baseball, those middle relievers, those those mop up guys in some respects, weren't the best pitchers in baseball. They weren't your uh, closers. They weren't your starters. They were they were somewhat the middling guys in the lineup. Even they are changing, though. Even they are becoming, in a sense, practitioners of being you know, masters of the sixth inning. And who thought we'd ever see that in baseball? So you're right. Judges is seeing um, change changes in, in types of pitchers he's facing later in the game. Um, he's facing, you know, a multitude now of, of arms that know when the pitcher goes out there, I'm only going to pitch an inning or two um, so I can give everything I've got to this guy. And, and the very fact that he's able to overcome that and he has to overcome it to get to 60 home runs is an extraordinary accomplishment. My guest this half hour is Bill Humber. He's a baseball historian, a member of the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. We're talking about Aaron Judge of the Yankees, who's having a record-breaking or looks to be a record-breaking season in New York. He's hit 60 home runs already. That's just one off the Yankee record of uh, Roger Maris set way back. Uh, And now he's moving into that territory where there was a lot of talk. I mean, I remember the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, 1988 homer race very well. But uh, none of those guys are in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds, uh, Sammy Sosa, and Mark McGuire. Aaron Judge does have a, a legitimate opportunity here, I guess, to set what would be considered the untainted home run record, even though those records are all still there. 
Absolutely. No question about that. You know, I, I well remember that. I'm old enough to well remember it, uh, that 1961 season. And and just as they were starting to approach 50 home runs and more, my my parents, um, I, I in retrospect to my glee, but at the time it seemed uh, unfortunate, took us to England um, because my dad had come out from England after the war. And so we took a boat out of Montreal that went to, you know, Southampton in England. So for seven days, we were on the high seas and we couldn't get any news. You know, oh, there, the good there was days. a little newspaper they'd print and and maybe they'd say Maris hit his 54th home run today. And that was it. And you could not follow it. You could. And of course, once we landed in England, you know, this is long before the days of social media and the Internet, et cetera. There was no coverage at all. There was nothing. And it was, it, you know, you almost felt like you were on another planet at, at the time. And so I all I distinctly remember when we came back, we actually flew home in October and it was the fifth game of the World Series with Cincinnati. And the first thing we had to ask was, well, what happened in the home run race? You know, we've been we've been basically on another planet for about uh, a month. And it was uh, to find out that Mar- it was an exciting thing to know that Maris had hit those 61 home runs. And uh, surprising that it was Maris, not Mantle, who had done it. Yeah, because Mantle, of course, was the favorite. Yeah, I remember back early enough to be being in Ireland in the early in the in the early nineties and having to read, you know, the International Herald Tribune to find out who won the Stanley Cup. You know, <laughs> yes. these days you could be anywhere and you could you could follow Aaron Judge's every pitch at every on absolutely. Every game. But but the, those tainted records, I guess I guess that yeah. means something. I mean, for those who who forget, those records have, have officially. I mean, they're all still in the record books, but Judge may in this case actually establish what could be considered a legitimate. MLB home run record this year? I think it will be regarded as such. In fact, I was saying to some friends of mine, this may be the home run record that legitimately has an asterisk beside it. And I and I say that because, you know, the, the taintedness, as it were, of the Sosa McGuire um, Bonds home runs, uh, it's it's still a a kind of a dark moment, um, you know, moment in baseball history that the, the late, you know, the late 20th century and in the first year of the 21st when we came into it. Um, and and really, there was, an you know, a, an attempt on all sides, both Major League Baseball and the players through their union to almost pretend that this wasn't going on. And I think everybody knew it was going on, that there was something there was something unacceptable about it. And so, um, yes, it will. They will always be there. Bond 73 home runs will always be kind of in the record book. But as you say, and as it's been noted, um, he isn't in the Hall of Fame as yet. And it's that taintedness, which is, you know, I, I mean, I think there's different perspectives on whether he should or shouldn't be in. Um, I, you know, I'm st- I, I'm starting to come down on the side of saying, you know what, you know, hold your nose one year and put him and and Clemens and maybe even Shoeless Joe Jackson in because they probably and maybe even Pete Rose, because they they in terms of their accomplishments on the field, it's it's hard to argue against those, even though there were uh, mitigating in, uh, circumstances surrounding them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, a, a Pete Rose, Shoeless Joe Jackson, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds—it's quite the team. Quite well, it's the a team. hold your nose uh, ceremony, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The one thing I mean, I always remember how much pressure um, Maris was under, especially because everyone wanted Mantle to break the record, and Maris did instead. One doesn't get the sense that that Aaron Judge has been crumbling. I guess being way off in advance, you know, six, seven games up in first place with helps, and he has a huge lineup around him. But uh, he doesn't look like he's been too phased by this pursuit of of glory no and when you remember back and you know i i did look at you know back at 
you know, that the Mantle Maris pursuit as as September dawned and as the pressure built, both of them suffered. Both of them, um, you know, their their hitting fell off. Their home run, you know, you know, streaks, as it were, became somewhat, you know, less uh, pronounced. They they both felt that incredible stress, I guess, associated with it. And maybe it was the nature of the time, the nature of, uh, you know, uh, the, the, you know, we, they were well paid for players of their day. But they weren't well played, you know, paid when we look at the the nature of baseball today. And I just think it's a different media landscape today. It's a different, you know, sense of pressure. There's other sports that are now, you know, top of mind and people's, you know, thinking about sports. And I just think that just, you know, the judge grew up in a, you know, Aaron Judge grew up in a in a different era. He 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 grew up in an era where you know, you could take for granted uh, some of this because regardless of whether you hit 49 home runs or 65 home runs, you were still going to be well paid. One of the things that struck me, though, is that, you know, with all the different stuff out there, baseball, of course, is looking for ways to retain fans, uh, that there's something there is something sort of bittersweet about this this pursuit of history that Aaron judges under because it has flown under the radar a bit. And one assumes it wouldn't have happened this way 20 years ago. I think you're absolutely right. Um, and and to some extent, the very fact that Judge has been so consistent in his home run hitting, you know, he hasn't, it, it's, you just kind of take it for granted, well, he'll hit another one tonight. And, you know, I think most of us think he'll break the, you know, the 61 tonight or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just seems there's a certain inevitability to it. And maybe that's partially the reason it just, it almost just become normal. Um, in terms of his ability to hit, it's not, you know, he hasn't gone through those incredibly long streaks where you wondered if he'd hit another hit, uh, you know, hit another home run again. I think that might that might be playing a part in it, too. Bill Humber, thank you so much for your time today. It's been great being with you. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone. And for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.